Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is a professional goalkeeper for the Major Arena Soccer League's Milwaukee Wave. He's already a league veteran at age 29, having also spent time on the Harrisburg Heat, and he's currently leading the charts in total saves. Best of all, we're both graduates of Brighton High School. Shout out 5A5. Please welcome Will The Wall Benahene. We're live. Willie B, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us from Milwaukee. How are you doing? Actually, I think you're the first Brighton guy to ever call me Willie B, so... Jeez, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'll stick with Will for the rest of the interview. No, you can do whatever you need. That's cool. Um, so I know you're only a few games into this season, but uh, tell us about your time in Milwaukee so far. Obviously, you were with them all of last season, but uh, what's the what's the change of scenery been like all the way from Harrisburg? Uh, it's definitely different. You know, hundred percent different. You know, the environment's different. Uh, this is a team that's won a lot of championships. It's actually the oldest uh, professional assistant running professional soccer team in america so they have the history um not to say anything about harrisburg uh they're an old club as well um you know but this, this has a proven winner um so the mentality was just different right um figuring it out in harrisburg and now it's the expectation is to win. so um it's been good i love my t- my time here i actually decided to move full-time out here uh i usually just live six months in one place and then go back home to rochester uh, but decide, you know, why don't I not getting any younger and it's not fun packing your all your stuff up and driving yeah. 10 hours back home. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me just make it. And Milwaukee's a sports city, right? You have the Bucks, you have uh, the Green Bay an hour away. You have the Brewers and um, Amarils, Marquette, us. You know, I, it's actually funny. Every Milwaukee team won its regular season championship. Oh, wow. No championships to, to, to show for it, but... You know, last year we won. The Brewers won their division. Bucks won their division. Um, Admirals won their division, and Marquette uh, did really well as well. So um, it's a sport city, so it's really fun to be around in this area. That's awesome. And before we kind of jump into all things footy, soccer, whichever, uh, what keeps you busy during the off season? It sounds like sports. Do you get to attend any of the um, other teams' games? Or uh, I'm back home in Rochester. I run camps um, okay. in our in our hometown, um, and I, I have a I start a youth club out there too. So um, June, July, I'm out there coaching a lot. Um, I'm trying to golf, but I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, I've been to a couple Bucks games and uh, been to trying to get to a Brewers game. I actually haven't been to an MLB game, so I'm trying to trying to explore all that that's pretty sweet tristan has actually taken an interest in the bucks for I've recently been, i would say i'm like a bucks supporter like fan would be a pretty strong term i am i'm a loose supporter i'd say but uh yeah i have, I have a Giannis jersey so i'd fit in if i ever visit okay. i'd like i know full i'd be on, a, full on bandwagon so we like full on, <laughs> full on. um uh, i mean i'm a clippers fan and i'm a Ravens fan so i just keep quiet because everybody's bucks and green bay fanatics so um i just secretly root my teams but yeah no you have you have to you have to be somewhat of a supporter over here too right absolutely okay so now moving into the league um just getting your take on the league overall how did you come across the league and also i'm curious to learn were you a fan of like indoor soccer in your youth days is that what led you to gravitate towards the league or um uh no i think for the most part right when you're a uh young a young athlete, a young soccer player here, your, your aspirations to put, make it to the MLS. I think you'd be lying to say if you weren't, um, you know, and uh, I finished, I finished 
college soccer and you know I, I had a weird trajectory i went to five schools uh out of college high school i wasn't uh just in, like, i wasn't the, the smart or not the smartest kid but i didn't really take school seriously I probably smarter than me i was no dean's list <laughs> student myself so yeah so so i was a non-qualifier had to go nia went to niagara then i transferred twice had to go through this carousel finished at uh, buffalo state didn't really have uh, a memorable season so to me i was kind of like you know what i'm just gonna keep playing until they tell me i can't right until somebody says i can't um play the mpsl which is like fourth division um in america did really well got fourth team all mpsl after i was like there's 200 teams i did really well got invited to this combine which was like the mls combine which they took the best players from that uh league you got to showcase yourself and uh you know i just didn't get any any offers and that was kind of to me it was like hey listen this is the closest thing that you're gonna get to uh you know, for an opportunity. So I, I just had to look myself in the mirror and said, you know, I'm just, that's kind of where my, my ceiling is. Um, I was kind of actually gearing kind of towards away soccer and figuring out my life and what I wanted to do. And somebody called me and said, Hey, Harrisburg has an open tryout. Do you want to go? And I kind of was like, you know what, I'll go for two weeks at the bars. I can tell girls that I am going to try out, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you know, but I ended up finding a four year deal. Um, and then the kind of the rest was history. Um, I knew that I've been to a couple of Rochester Lancer games uh, back in the day. Um, so I was somewhat familiar with it. Um, and, you know, the, the beauty of uh, the indoor game, I always tell young players, um, there's no prerequisite. So it's not like you were at this academy or you're playing here or you played this Division One. I. I remember when I was in the tryout with um, at Harrisburg, there was Pittsburgh Riverhound goalkeepers, there's usl goalkeepers usl players and it's just a completely different game so the notion is oh you don't you can only you play indoor because you can't play outdoor it's just a different game we have some guys who go in and you know we had a guy who played um i think he's with the loyal now but he left the, his us or masl team and went straight to la gout or was it lafc and then went to dt united so those both ways um some players are just not great outdoor players and some outdoor players aren't players mm-hmm. um but there is a you know correlation so um yeah so that's kind of kind of my story with the indoor game and you know i've loved it i i love i love the game it's just such a fun game especially if you're not a you're not a run through a purist right so so will your tryout with harrisburg was that the first time you had played competitive indoor soccer uh yes so when wow. i left niagara i was 18 i actually tried out for two teams i tried out for harrisburg and I tried out for Rochester and I got, I didn't make either of them. So I, I mean, I had like a week, five years prior, but it wasn't, I, I wasn't really training or anything um, with that. So, and I'll directing back to the league. I myself am fascinated. I have been fascinated by it for a few seasons now. I was at a Lancers game before that folded a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. Obviously it was, it was a tough start for them, but I was immediately sort of like enamored with the style of play I'm sure, like you brought up purists before, I'm sure they might ha- take some issue with, with the way that the game is set up. But li- like I said, I- I've really been fascinated by it. And I was the thing I'm most excited to ask you about is the adjustments you had to make from outdoor to indoor, just because all the ins and outs and the rule changes. And like I, I was watching some highlights today, and when guys take set pieces, they're like standing over the ball while players are moving around. 
you can kick the ball off of the boards and create like a like a almost give yourself a corner like a cutback situation. What was that like when you were first out there taking shots like that? Yeah, I mean it was completely completely different, right? Um, as a goalkeeper, right, the ball goes wide, you dive wide, you grab your water, it's a goal kick, right? Uh, now you kind of have to say, hey, this ball's going wide. I'm, I can kind of see this ball is going wide. I'm not going to dive past it to go, you know, may hit my head, go back in the goal or I dive and there's a rebound and it's an open goal. So it was kind of more just knowing your surrounding, knowing the angles kind of attacking, attacking the play a little bit. Um, it was a huge, a huge adjustment. I always say for these guys who are out of college and haven't played a professional level, it's, it's, it's like double hard. You're learning a whole new sport and you're learning how to be a professional. Right. It's not like college where you go home and you play Xbox all day. Like you're studying the game. You have to do all that stuff. And uh, so it was it was a huge adjustment for me. Um, and it took you know, that first year was really tough. Really, really. Tough because the expectation is to be ready. They don't care about your story. They don't care if you're a rookie. They're like, hey, well, no, these mistakes can't happen. Right. Um, so that was I remember guys were like, hey, listen, we get win bonuses. We make playoffs. That's paying our kids bills. So mm-hmm. You better you better figure it yeah. out right yeah. <laughs> you know so that those those are the things that you kind of just have to you learn and you say hey i gotta figure this out or um and that's just being kind of a nerd for it and the thing too i noticed watching highlights is like 80 percent of the shots you see in a game are absolute cannons from oh like gosh. five or ten <laughs> feet away and i remember watching yeah. you play in high school a huge defining part of your game was how fast you were getting back on your feet after a dive but like you just mentioned it's like a completely different situation you're not going to waste a dive when like you said the ball could be hurling back towards an attacking player i mean it just it really was there something in particular that you can think like whether it's defending a corner or defending a penalty like what what was one thing that even today maybe you still feel like you could you could improve a bit if there's anything uh if my game is probably the feet right um when i was growing up i was right at that cusp where um everything was long right you're playing the long kick you're playing the long goal kick um, or and then and then it got to the point where you're flipping the seven and elevens or that, the wingers. But now um, you look at goalkeepers nowadays in the outdoor game. You know they're the first attacker. They're putting the two, building with the two, and then the goalkeeper, and they're expecting to play in tight areas. Um, so I kind of missed out on that spot. Um, so I think with my distribution is probably the biggest thing that that has to improve and is still improving i feel more confident but it's funny like when i came back from harrisburg and i went to play for the lancers outdoor team in the mpsl it was just so much so much more space decision making was was good and there so there's a huge correlation for both players indoor and outdoor of of what what there is um but yeah i, I would say my distribution is probably the, the number one thing and it's I, you can ask the league it's not a secret right i probably have one of the worst in the league but that's it. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. So you you bad with the feet, but will the wall is also not the worst nickname. Yeah, I, I tend I tend to be up there with the save percentages, so they're kind of like, hey, listen, you can't have them all. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, I said in um, the intro, you are the current uh, league leader in saves right now. So I did check the MASL stats page. Um, yeah, but and has to have one of the quickest reactions I've ever seen. Like Tristan was showing me clips before this, and yes, the ability to get back to your feet, but just at point blank, how quickly you're able to get a hand on those some of those balls that come through to you is absolutely insane. Um, for our viewers, so you spoke to the goalkeeper position and some of the changes you had to make, but when it comes to tactics, a lot of our listeners envision the, the traditional game and you describe as indoor soccer is completely different. 
but tactically and how teams set up, is there something that stands out to you as a main difference between the two styles or is there more correlations than you think? Yeah, I mean, I can, you can write a book about the differences, but let me try to figure out the big, the biggest ones. I would say that one of the biggest, the hardest things for um, an outdoor player that I see is just like a man-to-man situation, right? You're not passing your player off. You're not really uh, uh, like, saying oh i see him he's right there because it's a hard shot it's a tap in right you got to wrap up with your guy um you know and you're playing your two sides of the ball you got to be a two player so even if you're a defender um the defenders are the ones around the ball when you have the ball right maybe a defender and a midfielder um and the so it's a two defenders forward midfielder and a target right and the targets usually is target is similar to like a, a center mm. posting up back towards okay. the goal um, holding the ball up, laying off, seeing what they can get, and then um, or it's kind of that true and true, maybe like a winger type player, midfielder, it's like a midfielder and defender. You have to be good on the ball, but also I, I would say there's a second defender and a first defender. First defender is marking the target. They're like brutes, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to like body to body. Situation. Yeah, body to body. And they're like, if you ask them, like, we're just wrestling for <laughs> wrestling for 60 minutes. And then you have that like who may be a little bit better on the ball, who can attack a little bit better, and if they get matched up with a target, then they're going past that target. So it's, it's a chess match. So there's a lot of differences. Um, mm-hmm. I, my one of my favorite things is like when I was in Harrisburg, we'd play. I'd play a ball into the lane after, to break pressure, and it would go to the other team, and my team would say, "Hey, that's a good ball. Well, you did. Oh. You, you broke pressure. You got it." And we press up there, and the other team said, "Hey, we did our duck too." Like. You know, it's really hockey like situations where it's like, hey, not every time you can just pass out of the situation. You got to kind of bump it and, and and do that. So I like to say it's like hockey and hockey and basketball. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like the perfect thing to watch for all the critics of soccer and those that yeah, describe true. it as like a slow game because you're getting a hockey-esque feel, but also basketball, and it's just nonstop action. I can't die. Yeah, so so uh, we have a buddy. So uh, I used to live with um, John Bender and, and uh, going, going back and Robert Haggerty. And, and oh, Robert wow. Haggerty. Yeah, so so Robert Haggerty was – I came home and watching the playoffs, and Robert Haggerty's a lacrosse guy. And he makes a joke. He goes, how much did they pay you guys? Hot dogs that was left over from the whatever. It pissed me off. So that's why I remember the part. But then he's watching the game, and it's like – Blocked, and it's just going back and forth, shot, uh-huh. blah blah blah, and then it, then a goal. He's like, "Oh, this is actually interesting, right?" Yeah. Um, because to to someone who likes the action, it's a game that's like maybe not even like maybe if you're late to the game of soccer and don't really understand, hey, like those inverted uh, halfbacks did this and this, and that's the beauty of it. And people love that. Um, someone who's kind of late to the game and likes like, this is a perfect game for you. I played basketball growing up, but you know, soccer is pretty cool, and I love the environment. Yeah. And um, it's interesting for one who's not doesn't really know what's going on can say, "Oh, well, I can see this guy freaking has a cannon, and this guy is super fast." You know? Yeah. yeah. And and speaking of the hockey comparison, shed a little bit more light for me on like the the line changes that happen. How many times will a guy sub in and out of a game? How does the league regulate? Like, how is that rule regulated? Yeah, there's no subs, uh, no sub limitation. It's like you really should not be on the field for more than 30 to 45 minutes. Mm. You're just 
going really quickly because um, it's supposed to be a sprint the whole time. So if you're on there for two, three minutes, I think that's one thing that also a younger uh, and experienced player does. We'll do one, two shifts. My favorite, my favorite thing is, and they'll do this to a rookie like early in this career, they'll do, it should be offense, defense off. Some people will do offense, defense, offense, and then try to come off. And mm. if they try to come off, the rat will the door and say, you're going to go play defense again. You're not, you're not just going to do the offense and not do the hard work too. So, um, so those, those are little things with it, but it, the subs are on the fly. Um, you usually can either sub in twos, threes. Sometimes we sub for fives for two positions. Like our defenders may be fives for two positions. Um, so, um, yeah, it's pretty much, straightforward on on that it's not really much like a line like i know in hockey like there's a line and you guys all set up in time you'll be going with with everybody on there Mm. i think that's incredible that's the type of player i would be conveniently subbing on as we have a fast break towards the net and then as soon as (laughs) i I miss i just run off i'm like all right somebody come on (laughs) somebody track back for me do that if you're a rookie that you're doing they're just saying run (laughs) right just non-stop that's awesome there might be nothing at all but if if there was anything you could change about indoor soccer is there anything that you would pick uh what would i change what would it like a rule or just something it could be anything it could be a rule it could be the surface it could be i don't you're like goalie should be paid double it could be yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly because i lead it Um, (laughs) no i would i mean i think the game in itself is you know, there's not much that's wrong with it. The only thing I would say is, and this would, I was probably down like seven times this weekend, but I would say to get this, like, like if you go down injured, you got to sit two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be my thing where people, because there are a lot of times where, and I'm guilty of this, like I said, if you watch any of the games this weekend, mm-hmm. I got hit in the face. I got, I had to actually leave the game the last, the first game, but I got hit in the face probably like six times and I oh. went down every time <laughs> by, the, by the end when I actually got like maybe a concussion everyone was booing oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like we don't believe this guy anymore You're like no um, I mean it this time seriously <laughs> yeah right um but I would say like hey to not really slow down the play or hey I didn't get a call and I'm just gonna lay there I would say you gotta sit like two minutes get your treatment not saying you gotta go be man down or anything just hold yourself I think you'd see more players either if they're hurt work their way to the bench um, in that sense, but besides the, the game in itself, if you watch a game, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Most of the games are close, even when they're not close. There's always going to be action. Um, a lot of the people don't like each other, which is fun. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you're going to see dirty titles. You're going to see uh, people in each other's faces. Um, the one thing about indoor soccer, which is which is a lot different than outdoor soccer, it's very, very close. The fans mm-hmm. are very, very close. I'm getting an earful. Old. Like they are like almost on top of you versus like outdoor soccer. Most of the time there's some things to the touchline, yeah. but like you're right on the boards and depends like you play Utica, man, they have this beer garden and they're all drunk and just heckling you. And it's, <laughs> it, it's, 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 we always say sometimes the lights are a little too bright. Not like outdoor soccer. It's they're close. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I wouldn't really change anything in terms of the game. I think we just have to do a better job of how do we, show this great sport to the masses right 
It's funny you mentioned Utica. I'm actually headed to headed to the Adirondack Bank Center because they're playing Baltimore Blast like a couple days before Christmas. So I'm going to go experience the beer garden myself. I, I'm glad oh, yeah. you won't be Christmas in town. This is going to be the loudest one. Yeah, yeah. If you were in town, I'd have to they, heckle you the loudest. They do not like each other. They hate each other. Oh, like that will probably be a fight. That will be rowdy. That's that's uh, that's a good game. If that's going to be one of your premier games to showcase that. Tristan's gonna come back with a black eye. We're gonna be like, dude, what happened? <laughs> I got, I had, I had a little too much fun in the beer garden. Got a little too close to the keeper. You yeah. ended up bopping me. Yeah, no, it's there's some other guys you gotta worry about for them because they will, they will get in your face. Yeah. They, and the fans probably like, this is the best thing ever. Like, oh, yeah. a player came up and told me to screw off. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. man. So <laughs> you know. Milwaukee Utica, obviously a big rivalry. What are some other like bitter rivalries around the league or teams that you also know that when you play, it's gonna be like a bit of a dog fight? Anybody else come to mind? Yeah, so Casey can uh, Milwaukee's pretty big. Mm. That that is that one is actually bad blood. That one is like they. I think they limit. We usually play each other six times. He said this year, hey, you guys got to play each other. Wow. Every time we play, there's something that happens. Got a player, um, Derek. He always says something to the crowd. He, <laughs> he always gets suspended off it. Like, yeah. Um, so, so they're kind of just like, you know what? We're gonna play each other. So. St. Louis or Kansas City, Milwaukee's pretty big. Baltimore and um, Utica has a big rivalry. Um, Empire, which is LA, and um, San Diego have a, a pretty big rivalry. Um, and then you got the two Mexican teams, Wawa and, and Mon- uh, Monterey, which have a rivalry as well. Uh, then you have the historical rivalries. You have the Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee, San Diego, which is like LA Celtics. Mm. Um, and then you have like Baltimore, San Diego. So there, there's always going to be uh, some historical rivalries, but then you have the rivalries where it's like we're playing each other so many times. That we, and that's like, that's in Baltimore, Utica. That's uh, the Kansas City, uh, Milwaukee mm-hmm. rivalry. So, and in your in your time, by the way, did you ever play Landon when he was at? Because he was in San Diego for a while, wasn't he? Did you did you have you played yeah, any big name no, guys? Did I? Did I play? I think we played when he was in the league, but he didn't play. Mm. He's like, I'm not coming to Harrisburg. He's <laughs> like, you know, he picked and choose which games he won. I think <laughs> yeah. it was Harrisburg didn't make. The, so, um, no, but yeah, when he when he did come, it was it was it was interesting. That was cool for us. Like, okay, well. He added some notoriety, and when people showed up, he got an extra five thousand people. Right, and that kind of brings me to the like the league wide question as a whole. So, I mean, you're a veteran at this point in the league. This is your split six season, correct? Yeah. So, when you look at what this league could look like five or ten years down the road, what are some things on your end that you predict might happen, or that you would like to see happen? Is it Maybe expansion to other cities or more stability yeah, with what we have. I think I think expansion's coming, right? Uh, Ronaldinho apparently bought a team or is a owner of a team in Las Vegas that's supposed to come um, next season. Uh, there's another team in Mexico. Um, you heard some teams in the East Coast as well. So it just comes down to more eyes on it. People are going to say this is you know this is pretty cool. Uh, owners with a little bit more deep pockets. TV deals, which gives stuff like that. Um, from where I started to where it is now, I think there was uh, a lot of instability. It was always the question was, who's not coming back next year? Who's coming back? Are they going to last? It was always some sort of 
crapshoot. Um, but it's for the last couple of years, like you kind of just have to show that you're stable before you grow. And I think it's in the point where we're going to start seeing a lot of growth. Um, and, you know, you, you see, I saw Alexi Lagas tweet about it last uh, two days ago. You know, you're going to see uh, more eyes on it. You're going to see a TV deal. You're going to see, I think you can see more MLS players who retire and, and come. Um, I think it's, it's in a good shape. It's stable. It's now it's just at the point where it's how much can this grow? I think the players in itself have to do more um, as as you know, like social media is huge, right? You can get, you watch like Jake Paul and KSI fight. They're not fighters, right? They just have a following, right? And if oh, you yeah. can make a following, people are going to watch and uh, you're going to have success. So I think lots of players, we just have to do a better job saying, hey, like we have a lot of people that go viral and their tricks and their skills and whatnot. Well, watch these guys play every day. Uh, I think that would help us. Entirely. Yeah, that'd be massive for mm. sure. So, I did some internet research research on you before we started. Is it true that you're a West Ham fan? No, honestly, I'm a, I'm an outdoor soccer fan. Right now, I'm I'm I, I'm uh right now I'm Brian Hoven Albion. Okay. And that's because and listen, because we're from Brighton, and I started a club called Brighton FC. That's uh-huh. when I stuck with that team, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, of course." When they're good, you start taking their team. I was like, "No," when they were. Fighting regular uh, regulation or relegation, I, yeah. I was supporting them too. So, um, but I was a Chelsea fan for through and through, all growing up. Then they sacked uh, Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. I think the second time was the one I was like, I, I, I can't, yeah. I can't be because that's when they slid I, to like tenth or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but it wasn't even that. It was that. It was just more or less like you had Eden Hazard. You had these guys who who just said, you know what? And they were one of the first teams that said, if I want my manager gone. I can just stop. Playing. Oh yeah. Or I can just, you know, and, and they, you could tell they just stopped really caring and, and kind of it's just like, Oh, it's the manager fault. And then they get a new manager and then everything's there. I was like, no, that's not how, if you look at like back in the day with Frank Lampard, drug bun and uh, Don Terry, it was like hard nose. That's how they wanted. They listened to their manager. Nobody was bigger than uh, bigger than the game. And, and that was what I grew up on. And then when you started seeing these guys and I'm like, ah, well, uh, what are we going to do? We lost, he lost a locker room. I don't want to play for him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. That's not how life works. Oh, I stopped. I stopped becoming a Chelsea fan. Um, yeah. I'm a big, like, it's not the manager's fault. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to look yourself in the mirror. So, well, it's a wise decision to jump off the Chelsea train and onto the, yeah, well, now, yeah, yeah. See, I, I should have, I didn't put a Bitcoin too. I, that, <laughs> <laughs> Plus two. I mean, Brighton, that's like, I would never give anyone shade for, for supporting Brighton. Cause that's just a great team to support. I mean, yeah. they're still not playing like big money ball. It's still yeah, a good right? game. Like everything about them is great. So honestly, if you're going to support them, that's like, still a best. Legend, yeah. and he, yeah, the Zerbi will call yeah. his players out right in front of the media. He, he definitely yeah. owns the roost. Yeah, I, I was a big Leicester fan when, and, and not like a huge fan, but I was supporting them when they went on the run. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you win the championship or the EPL the way you won the EPL, you you should be tenured for your job right. for the rest of your yeah. Right? Like he did Agreed. something that will not happen in most people's lifetimes. They were ten thousand to one, and he won it. I don't care if they get relegated to league football, non league football. They got to he's got to stay the. And they mm-hmm. let him go the next year. I was like, same old thing. Like, mm. Yeah. That, is a shame. that was kind of when I took a step back. <laughs> I was like. 
Supporting a dude as a Tottenham fan, I'll tell you right now, supporting any team is not worth it in the long run. Really, <laughs> yeah. just love love ball. Don't love an actual team. Like, just love the game. Yeah, but I mean, when the Spurs finally win it in fifteen years, I think you're gonna be <laughs> be really happy with uh, your decision. You're gonna it's gonna be your uh, greatest feeling in the world. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope even my grandchildren are capable of of witnessing <laughs> something. When, when that happens, I'm gonna be blocking Tristan on everything. Yeah, <laughs> absolute nightmare to be around. So. It's uh, kind of to pivot a little bit back to Milwaukee. So you mentioned uh, in the beginning of the interview a few new players. So tell me about what to expect this coming season for a Milwaukee Wave fan, I guess. What uh, what can they expect in the arena? Obviously, you guys are a very stable club, like you said. You come in with a great history, but what can fans see on the field this season? How's the team looking? Yeah, I mean, I think we look good. Um, last year, we made it. We won the conference, made it to the East Conference Final, got swept by an experienced Baltimore team. I think you can expect more of the same. Um, winning that conference is the goal. Um, making it to that final is expectation. And uh, winning it is the expectation. So I think it's going to be more of the same. Now we just have to figure out what's the uh, the little the little things that have to fix for us to those off, right? What, what can we do to win that series and win the next? Um, so um, you can expect the same old, same old. Uh, the traditional keeping the ball, possessing the ball, smart play. Um, and then we got some young guys that are, you know, got room to grow and is how much do they grow? They grow and figure out and start playing like vets. We're gonna bubble, right. But it, they always say it takes about 30 games or three years for you to really under, like feel a lot of it's like, Hey, I should have done this. Or I should have done this. And, and then once you, get there and play those 30, 40 games. Okay, well, no, I feel it. I understand it. So once they get to that 30, 40 game mark, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be very dangerous, very dangerous. It's, it's, it's nice. Cause it so feels think- well, sort of like a smaller club you guys are in as players. Cause, cause like I said before, it is a very niche league. It is a very niche style of ball, but like you said, after enough experience and after enough caps and enough time playing that style of football, I mean, there's got to be a great camaraderie. I mean, similar to hockey, yeah, everyone's there's bitter rivals and there's guys who, you know, after the game ends, you're like, get away from me. But there's got to be a pretty good camaraderie among the team and among the league, I'd feel like, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think the one thing with the fans um, that they love is we're accessible, whether that's good or bad, right? Um, and, you know, they can communicate with us and, um you know, I've been I've been invited to holiday dinners and I've attended birthdays and stuff like that. So um, the whole league in itself, a lot of us are celebrating the league, right? We're not we don't and also like we're minor league athletes. We get paid. We're not millionaires, so we understand that, right? Like we don't think we're bigger than than what we are. Um, at the end of the day, we're all lucky to pay our bills playing playing the sport and. Uh, uh, so it, for all of us, I think we're just once that feel, that game ends, we're, we all have a, a immense respect for each other for what we do. We all all have to sacrifice a lot. We can all be doing a bunch of other things, not putting our bodies through stuff like this. We all we all get it. Well, we're minor league podcasters who have <laughs> taken crazy flights with little leg room and crashed on couches, and I think we uh, we actually understand the grind. Uh, a little bit more, definitely not the the physicality of it. I drink a little bit too much beer and don't probably eat as well as you do. But uh, 
I mean, it was great to have you. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, hopefully, a few more people can, can can tune into games and everything, and we'll certainly be streaming. Uh, so, where can we watch games this season if we want to check out more highlights? Uh, I think they're on Twitch. Um, okay. Just go MASL underscore soccer. I think there's like four or five channels um, that you can watch. Um, they're free for what I know. I think the, the reruns, you have to subscribe, but the live okay. games are free. Um, and you can just watch them. Um, if you're in those cities, you can check them out. It'll, you know, like in the city, they do well. They'll they'll get about four or five thousand people. We'll get between four to five thousand people. Utica, or same with Baltimore. You go to those games, you're like, well, this is a lot different, and it's getting stuff like that. So I my challenge to an outdoor uh, listener is, you know, go check out a game, and who knows, you may love it, you may hate it, and uh, sorry, no refunds, but. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely. Will Benahana, a goalkeeper for the Milwaukee Wave. Thank you again for joining us. It was awesome talking to you. And we will see you out there this season. Kick some more ass, yeah. okay? Hey, thank you for having me. I, I had a lot of fun. Cheers.